0: The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code
1: WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. From the old National Bank State Street Studio, you're listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station.
2: Welcome in to Waddle and Sylvie here on a Friday Chris Bleck and Tyler Aki filling in for the guys. If you missed them, they were on this morning. In for Cap and J. Hood this morning here on ESPN 1000. Black and Aki were on until 8 o'clock tonight. We'll have all calls welcome at 6 on the Black and Abdallah show. Right now, your calls are also welcome here at 312-332-3776. We're talking to you. We have our eyes on the NFL combine as uh, the sports world kind of focusing in on All the different quarterbacks, they will participate this weekend. Bryce Young will not, but we're waiting for the weigh-in and his official height and weight on the quarterback from Alabama because I I think a lot of that conversation about Bryce Young, some of that will be based on is he really 200 pounds? Is he the exact weight that he says? And I think that the the one thing to kind of remember with all this is like colleges kind of lie. When it comes to saying the official heights and weights of all their players, and that's why the NFL Combine exists, right? That's why everyone's there in Indy, and that's why uh, we are going through this. And then you go back to the tape to kind of match your opinions that you saw at the Combine to figure out the athlete. So Bears fans, when you look at this whole situation, obviously the better the quarterbacks perform this weekend— the better it is for Ryan Poles and the Bears with this
0: number one pick that they want to move. I think that's the the best part of having all these questions, but also all of this intrigue with every single one of these prospects right now is that there's someone that probably like all four of these guys are probably number one on somebody's quarterback board. You go across the league. Sure. All these guys are probably number one on someone's board. And that I think provides leverage for the Bears because They can now go out, and the the mystery of it all is you don't know who's going to want which quarterback, and you maybe play that internal poker game inside your head of do we need to make the leap to get this guy at one? Do we need to make the leap to get this guy at two? What are the Cardinals going to do at three? All of these different factors come into play when you're Ryan Poles and you're trying to figure out Which guy or which team is the best suitor for you? And I think you can turn it into a pretty intriguing bidding war as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you
2: know, if you're a Bears fan, if you want to join the conversation, 312-332-3776. I I think throughout this week, Tyler, with the news that we got with Jalen Carter and his arrest down in Athens, Georgia, he leaves the combine. He's booked. He's out on bail. He then comes down uh, back to the combine. He's there. Uh, to meet with teams, and to to do what he was scheduled to do. You know, as the week has gone along, I, I feel like I'm talking myself into that the Bears should focus in on Will Anderson. Not only just because of the Carter situation, but the measurables and the performance I, that Will Anderson has given at the Combine has been very impressive, even though we, it seems like he's the second best player available but then you hear Mel Kiper on with Waddle and Sylvie saying, yeah, but he, he's really good, but he's not quite those like Hall of Fame, edge rushing level talent right. guys that we saw in the past. And, and so like as I go back and forth and try and figure out what's the best fit for the Chicago Bears, I feel like throughout this week, I'm, ta- I'm trying to talk myself into Will Anderson and out of Jalen Carter.
0: I always am more intrigued by the edge rusher in general. Like, how many edge rushers do we know the names of these days that are going out making plays? We saw it in the Super Bowl. Chris Jones and Hassan Reddick were big yeah. factors for their team's runs to the Super Bowl. T.J. Watt, Micah Parsons, the, the Bosa's. Like, the edge rusher is sort of what rules the day on defense right now. Now, that's not to take away from what guys like Aaron Donald have done in the past, but... And I understand that Matt Eberflus, there's a, a big emphasis on what the three technique can do for you, which is where Jalen Carter would slot in with, under Eberflus. Right. But you see how important and impactful edge rushers are in today's game. And a lot of those guys end up panning out as well. Like You look at all these guys that are drafted first 10, 15 picks from the edge rushing spot, they usually pan out. And you look at Will Anderson's numbers in college, like forget the sacks. How about the tackles for losses, too? There was the one season he had over 30 tackles for losses. So you're talking about two a game for him at, at Alabama? I mean, that's some absurd numbers that he's putting up there. And something that you should not be taking lightly if you're Ryan Poles and, and trying to configure this defense because that line was the biggest glaring weakness of any spot on this Bears team from a season ago. Hands down.
2: Totally agree with you. And in, in a part of my thought process uh, before, like, like, I was leaning Carter because of what you just left off saying. It, it, the defensive line is the problem to why the team didn't win what they won last season. We can point out to the lack of depth Uh, on the offensive side with a number one wide receiver. We could point to the offensive line. We could point to all these different pieces of this Bears roster. To me, the reason the Bears struggled so much was because of their run defense. Now, I understand the importance of getting to the quarterback, like you said, and and we can list off all the great edge rushers. But to me, if you were looking for the team to improve uh, quicker, or, or sooner than you would expect, I think the first thing you have to address is the rush defense. And that starts in the middle up front, right? And if you were able to get a guy like Jalen Carter or sign someone in free agency who was a top level defensive tackle, I, I think that's where the defense immediately starts to improve to a level that allows your quarterback to continue to develop and continue to win games. I, this bears team was in games Last season, they were not blown out of every single game they lost. And I argue and Abdallah's argued with me and and on the show, we've mentioned it many times that there are about five games you can point to last season that just with some more help,
0: a little bit more help on the roster, they could have won those games. Even blowouts. There were games they got blown out in. Well the were, Dallas game. The Dallas, the Dallas game, game, that was close for at least a half. I in, think Buffalo too. And, yeah, and that's true. There were extreme conditions out there on the lakefront as well, but they competed. Yes. And, no doubt. and so uh, to me, the if
2: we were sitting here trying to figure out what's the best way what's the what's the quickest way to win? Obviously it's it's get that quarterback. Once you get the quarterback, how do you how do you win now? To me it's stopping the run because then you turn a team to be one dimensional and then you can kind of Manipulate. You can scheme up a pass rush if you have to. I mean, we have a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, I, I think he would be able to hopefully handle that. So, like originally, my thought process was: go get the defensive tackle, solidify your off your defensive line up the middle, and stop this this bleeding, the the gashing of runs against this defense that we saw so many times last last season. Right, but, like that's 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 what I was originally thinking, mm-hmm. but then over the course of the last week, hearing the measurables from Will Anderson, uh, the possible character issues with Jalen Carter, and I'm I'm trying to talk myself into Will Anderson if it's a top four
0: pick, I, and that's why with the way that edge rushers play in this game, and you look at even look at the last great Bears defense that we had, right, 2018. What was the the key ingredient? that came in and that was infused into that defense when they became great. It was the trade for Khalil Mack. And he comes in, he he shines right away in that first game against Green Bay. You turn uh, Akeem Hicks into a pro bowler as well that season. It just makes everyone's life easier. And I think one of the other things, too, with Will Anderson is, sure, like the sacks are great, but it's also the tackles for loss that I brought up as well. Mm -hmm. And that's part of scheming and, and defending in the run game as well. And you look at what Anderson can bring from that angle as well. If he can be that guy at the next level that's also stopping the run game while getting to the quarterback as well, then you're looking at a potential generational guy.
2: It's like one of those things you have to look at. If Will Anderson can give you something other than only getting to the quarterback, then it's like, then that's the player, right? Mm-hmm. But if he's a guy who's only rushing the quarterback and, he can't play in the run game at all. He can't get out in coverage if he has to, like a, a like a Micah uh, Parsons. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, a running back in the flat, he's able to cover that. He's yes. able to make some plays. Uh, then, then at that point, you say, okay. Then I don't think that that's necessarily the guy. Black and Aki, we're in for Waddle and Sylvie today, talking Bears with you here on ESPN One Thousand. Martel on the South Side. You're on ESPN One Thousand. What's up, man?
3: Hey, how you guys doing today, man?
2: We're good. Awesome. I
3: just wanted to come and put something on you guys' for One second. I get it. Jalen Carter was a stud, but with all the off-the-field issues, I just want to know what you guys think about the other defensive tackle. I don't want to say his name because I don't want to kill it, but he's from um, Pittsburgh. and He ran like the fastest time last night. Uh, what do you guys think about the guy from Pittsburgh? Are you talking
2: about Kansi? Kalaja Kansi?
3: Yes, yes, I am. I look at his tape. He's very violent with his hands, movement, gets to the quarterback. Uh he came in at like six one last night, two eighty five, and I think he ran like a sub five, for a four
2: six, 40 or something like that. Yeah. Sure, sure.
3: So I mean I would like to just hear your guys' thoughts about it. Let me hang up. You guys have a good weekend.
2: Yeah, thanks, Martel.
0: Uh, Yurko was
2: talking about him earlier Loves today. Him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think he, he put him on Charlie Bevins, radar back when they were doing the, the post game shows. When, when was that Charlie? When he, he was telling me about him in like October, like he's been on him for a while. And, and when Yurko, Yurko's got the nose for the of the course. nose, for the nose tackle. Yes. Plus, he that, played the position. Exactly. So I, I think that. And it, I'm watching highlights gets right into, now. It gets into how far you're willing to trade back. Right? Yeah. Because to me, whether it's Carter, whether it's Anderson, I, listen, I don't think Carter's slipping past four. I think a lot of this stuff will inevitably blow over. And if this is like the end of the story here, if this is all the information that's going to come out about this, I don't see him slipping past four. This yeah. is the NFL where forgiveness is king. For better or for worse, it's what happens in this league. And Carter is good enough as a talent. Where we can look past some of these things again, for better or for worse, it's the way this league operates right now.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is, and and I think um, I think that's where if you're a Bears fan, the 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 prize that we're all kind of keeping our eyes on is not one trade back and then making the decision between Anderson and Carter. It's multiple trade backs like that. That's what I think the majority of all of us kind of are hoping for is that the Bears manipulate the the top 10 picks. They find themselves getting to 9 after making multiple trades, getting back future first round picks, maybe some second rounders, third mm-hmm. rounders in this year's draft. And then you can have like this war chest of future picks to kind of fill out the depth and the rest of this roster. Plus getting a top 10 player, maybe a top 15 player. And and at that point, if you're moving back that far, like that's where you start to look at the range for the wide receivers because right. if if you're able to get back to say 12 or 16, like that's where taking a wide receiver at that spot will make a lot of sense based on draft projections. No one's really projecting the wide receivers anywhere before 7. There's no Jamar Chase. You you see some that are suggesting 9 uh, where Carolina sits, said that's where the first wide receiver could go off the board. Uh, Quinton Johnston, you, there's that. That's the name that's on a bunch of different um, projections. But like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, they have basically all the wide receivers kind of grouped together somewhere in the teens to the early twenties. Right. And if the Bears could get into that spot, and then you're uh, you're looking at Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Zay Flowers. Like I think that might be a better value than only making one trade and getting the other defensive
0: options out there. I'm right there with you, and I think it is paramount for Ryan Poles to gear up for 2024 as well in the draft because then you can focus on winning while also having the flexibility to move up if you need to in the draft with future capital. I think 2024 picks quite frankly, could be a little bit more important than some of the 2023 hauls, especially if they're higher in the draft for next year, because you're not going to get in all likelihood. If you're trading back a spot with the Texans, you're not going to get a future first in all likelihood. I'd imagine, right, right? But it's the team that is in the, the early double digits or maybe in the teens that's trading up to get inside the top 10. That's where you're racking up some future draft capital there and getting a future first, maybe even a second future first on top of that as well. Like you think about the Trey Lance trade that yeah. was made a couple of years ago. That was a haul that had to be given up for, by San Francisco to make sure that they could get inside. I think think they were like in the, the early teens, maybe in the 20s, to get inside the top three.
2: Yeah, right. And, and that's where, you know, we kind of look at the first round and we don't really know who the team's on the outside that could jump up. There's and, always and, a sneaky team. And make, it, make a move. And, and that's where you look at the, the draft board and you just kind of casually scan for the teams that need quarterbacks. I mean, 13, the Jets, they need a quarterback. New England, are they sold on Mac Jones? They might want a quarterback. I don't know. It doesn't seem like the move that they would make, but who knows? Uh, Washington at 16, quarterback. Uh, 19, Tampa, they need a quarterback. Uh, Seattle has the 20th pick. Seattle also has the fifth pick. So right. if they don't take a quarterback at five, could they do something with that 20th pick, maybe moving up again to get, get closer to the top 10, maybe get the quarterback that they think has the value at that spot, whether it be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, whoever the case may be in that situation. Someone so you're so, comfortable sitting
0: behind a guy even for a couple of
2: years. Yeah, right. If the plan is sign Geno Smith and then have a player. So, You know, when we look at the whole option, like the one thing I think we've all kind of uh, known, but then it was solidified throughout the week down in Indianapolis is that Ryan Polis really is holding all the cards to the draft. Like everyone needs the quarterbacks. He has the number one pick. Uh, The Texans will get a quarterback if they want it. But is it the guy that they want? So, like, there's no guarantee that they sit there and wait. And then we get to four with the Colts, and the Colts know that the Texans need a quarterback, and the Bears are sitting there, and they can play all of these teams off of each other, which is a great situation to be in at
0: the NFL Combine. It's really a perfect situation for Ryan Poles in this this pick situation it's candy store gm for for ryan poles right now i mean you get an offer from the colts all right now you're calling the texans hey can you do better than this all right texans they're gonna it's like a bidding war the the old auctioneer is going up all right we got we got one over here we got 50 over here 50 over here (laughs) do we we have 60 over here 70 over there like that's what he's going to be doing he's going to be working the phones ian Cunningham's probably making some calls too along the way as well the bears need a plant
2: they need someone to yes. go
0: sit in the crowd
2: yes. and raise the paddle <laughs> yep. with no no ex- expectation to mm-hmm. actually make the bid. Just just raise the paddle and act like you're a participant to right. make someone else
0: jump in. Right, <laughs> that's what we need. We need someone to do that. Maybe they can hockey. lure like Ryan Pace back into the oh, fold no. here with oh, uh, with a little uh, Atlanta. Like no. oh, like, no. but Atlanta's a feasible team too that could be looking for a quarterback. Yeah,
2: it, I mean Desmond Ritter was a rookie quarterback last year, but he's no guarantee for the future. So you're right. You know, Raiders, Falcons, Panthers, there's a run at the back of the top 10 of teams that don't have solidified quarterbacks. Uh, Black and Aki filling in for Waddle and Sylvie here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Tyler, I told this story yesterday uh, while we were filling in for Greeny here on ESPN 1000. I I was on the train. And on my way to work two days ago, I'm sitting there. I'm listening to Cap and Jay Hood. I'm, I'm reading about football. And I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm enjoying the commute, uh, a beautiful passive commute. And I'm rolling. Uh, the train's going south. And we're, we're entering the loop. And I'm sitting there. And I look up. And now the, the doors have been open at the stop for at least a few seconds. You know when you're driving and you see the street lights and it, it's a, a yellow, it's right. a stale yellow? Mm-hmm. And what, what's the rule on a stale yellow? Is that you're not supposed to gun it right. and fly through the intersection. You're supposed to stop, right? I go for it. Well, yes, Charlie. Yes. You're, you're a, a renegade and you're a rogue and you, you just live your life in a wild manner. We understand. <laughs> But I, I'm pretty sure they teach people
0: that if you see a stale yellow, you should expect the red to hit at any moment. Charlie right? strikes me as one of those guys who, you know how like you get to a certain age and you don't have to actually go to driving school? You can just go you're and just, apply you, for a license. Yeah, you just, just have to driver. pass the test. You just drive. That's Charlie.
2: Is that how they handle things in Oregon? Well, I did get braked on the driving test, but the guy liked me, so he said he'd let it slide.
0: What, did you give him, like, a tight two in the, the car No, or we just,
2: I was really into hockey at that point. We just <laughs> talked about hockey the whole time. There you go, Charlie Bevins. Yes, uh, so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I look up, and it dawns on me that as I look through the window to the other side of the um, Subway tunnel mm-hmm. that on the wall it says my stop. Like it, it didn't dawn on me when we stopped or when it said the name of the stop, Clark and Lake. A- at no point did it register in my brain that oh, time to get off, time to get off the train now. So I'm sitting there, I look up, the door has been open, people have gotten on, people have gotten off. It's it's like the 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 option to leave is basically over, and I realize. Oh, that's me. Right. And I get up and I go to run out the door and there's a guy standing in the doorway and we did the, we both guessed the wrong side twice. So I went to go left and he went left and then I went to go right and he went right. And then the door went to close and I was like,
0: (sighs) and you just got split
2: and I was just stuck.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, the good news is we're in the loop. So the next stop is like two blocks away. Not a big deal. I get off the train. Uh, have you ever missed your your train destination? Yes,
0: literally yesterday. <laughs> when you, uh, like probably twenty minutes after you guys were done talking about it, too. <laughs> How'd I, you do it? I so I don't know if you guys planted the idea in my mind. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, today would be a great day to miss your stop. But I'm taking the train down, <laughs> and when I'm on the train, like after the show, Abdallah and I would take the train home together. So there's like accountability. We're talking to each other on sure, the train, yeah. right? It's it's really tough for you to to miss your stop. Although one time I remember, I was ready to get off the train, and I get off before Abdallah, and the doors just didn't open. But we got to the stop, and it's like doors open on the right, and doors, doors never close. open. And boom, I had to just go to the next stop. So I had to, to take a little bit of a longer walk home that day. Um, but the so I, I'm taking the the red line in. And when I'm on the red line, I know that <laughs> the the stop that I get off of the the doors open on a different side. So I'm usually like more conscious of where the doors open okay. as opposed to like the the little sign that says Lake is next sure, or right, right. what Clark and Division is next, whatever. So um, I'm nose buried in my phone. I'm listening to you guys. You guys did literally just talked about this fifteen twenty minutes prior. And all of a sudden I'm I'm looking up from my phone and I see I'm at lake and I'm like, oh, no, I'm like it was poetic. And and I look up, I see I'm at lake and it's too late. Like I was also like in the middle of the train, too. So like if you're on the edge, you can make the dart. Right. Sure. Of course. Darting was not an option for me at this point. So I, I, bite the bullet, take it all the way down to Monroe. And then I, ha- I texted you guys too. It was like, overshot my train stop. Do you guys need anything at target? And then you guys saw me making the little walk of shame. It, it was a sad the studio. Walk. It yeah. was a sad walk. of I, shame. I did the little, the little wave at you guys. And then I, I see you, you and Odala, because you both knew what was up. Carmen, it was during crosstalk. Carmen Yurko didn't know right. what had just happened, but you guys knew what had just happened.
2: That, that, that's hilarious. It's hilarious. I mean, it, it, you, you know when you're supposed to get off I'm sure people do it all of the time and obviously if you're on the Metro it's far worse yeah if you miss your stop on the Metro it's the next stop over. over right I yeah. mean you, you gotta you have to call a cab it's a mm-hmm. whole thing you know in you know some different stops uh, once you get out of the loop going south, once you get out of the loop going north the, the stops have more distance between them. So luckily, you and I both pulled this in the loop where right. you really are only walking two additional blocks to get to your next spot. But when you kind of consider the the whole situation, it, it's pretty funny that we were just talking. I just did this. We were telling the story on the air. And as we're telling the
0: story, you do it as well. Right. It's I don't know if it was just planted in my mind or I was just a little... A little more lollygagging that day out of well, me. I, That's, it may know, have been they, what a, it was. A
2: lack of lollygagging. A
0: lack of lollygagging.
2: Uh, it's baseball. I, in 2023, two-hour games, a lack of lollygagging. A lack of lollygagging. Black and, uh, Black and Aki in for Waddle and Sylvie. This is Waddle and
0: Sylvie on ESPN 1000.
1: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago.
2: Waddle and Sylvie were on earlier today. Check out the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Chris Bleck and Tyler Aki filling in for the guys until 6. And then Black and Abdallah begins. Tyler will be hanging with me in for Abdallah tonight. So, Blackinaki in for Waddle and Sylvie here on a Friday here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Tyler, I was going to go out and uh, give you a report on the street for all the snow that we're getting, but there is no snow, there's no rain, and people look like they're having a an enjoyable uh, commute here in the loop on a Friday evening. There's right. nothing
0: cooking here. I mean, I don't think anyone came into work today here either. No, it's us. Uh, it's Kendra's us. Just, here.
2: Charlie's here.
0: I saw uh, Stuart.
2: Stuart was Malia. here. Yeah. Travis uh, was here. Travis, Travis was
0: here. Yeah. Sharfie was here. Up Eric in sales. was here. Eric was here as well. Brendan. Brendan. So we but had yeah, a crew. Skeleton crew. We had a crew. Yeah. But yeah, there's I uh, I don't I mean, think we could have run fives today.
2: No, <laughs> no. We could not have played pickup today. No. No, we w- we wouldn't. We wouldn't at all. Uh, but yeah, it seems like the, the snow is all going south of the city. And at the moment, downtown Chicago, there is nothing going. It's not even raining down here and I know the radar looks as if it should be raining There, there is it has not rained at all all afternoon down here in the loop
0: no so, complaints no complaints here
2: no I'm not complaining either uh, tonight at the UC the Chicago Bulls face off against the Phoenix Suns the Phoenix Suns now have Kevin Durant, and he was pretty good in his debut the other night for the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They're fourth in the West. The Bulls head into tonight's action in a situation where they came off of a win the other night, Wednesday night, against Detroit, 117-115. to They're 29-34. and in the Eastern Conference and the Chicago Bulls at the moment are sitting in the Eastern Conference looking up at teams like Washington um, a couple others trying to make the play in at the moment the Chicago Bulls are 11th Washington Toronto Atlanta all ahead of them in the playing game so each game matters a lot they have 19 games left here in the season and Phoenix is really good Bulls host the Suns tonight at seven at the UC Uh, This was published yesterday in the Chicago Sun-Times. Joe Cowley had a story, the headline, Bulls big man Nikolo Vucevic not thrilled with finger-pointing going on. And the story is about how at the end of the Pistons game, there was a play where Pat Bev was upset because basically perimeter player, I believe it was uh, Ivory, took a a ball all the way to the rim and no help defense whatsoever from Vuce, from Pat Williams. Uh, I think DeRozan was on, on the court at that time. And the TV cameras caught Beverly and Vooch going back and forth after the play, arguing on the court. And so the the column that came out from uh, Joe Cowley yesterday uh, points to the fact that Vooch doesn't appreciate kind of the nature of Pat Bev joining the team and basically telling players are doing things wrong, which is, I think it's interesting that Once again, it's an outside voice uh, being added to the mix who's continuously pointing out to those who are expected to accomplish something that they're not doing what they need to do to win the games that they should be winning.
0: And Joe Colley also notes in this article earlier in the year, Goran Dragic had some words about accountability on this team. He has since been waived. That's a respected vet in this league. Listen, you can say what you want about Pat Bev, whether or not he's, he's this great player or is a vital piece. The guy's missed the playoffs one time in his career. He knows what it means to get to the postseason. Sure. And he's been a part of cultures that get to the postseason. And. He's someone who's trying to get to the playoffs this year. Like these players aren't trying to tank whether or not like I I personally don't want to see this Bulls team win anymore. I'd rather see you play the the luck game and try to get inside the top 4, but that's not how these players feel right now. That's not what they're going out there and stepping onto the floor every single day trying to accomplish. I think with what Pat Bev's doing, I think it amplifies that the Bulls may have a Billy Donovan problem right mm. now because This team has blown three leads of 21-plus points this year. Most of any team in the NBA this season. They nearly blew a fourth the other night against the Pistons as well. So you've got all these outside influences coming in. And we can say all we want, like Zach, DeMar, Vooch. Are they doing what they need to do? Are they playing at the star level that they've been brought in here to play? But at the end of the day, when leads are slipping away, when you've got players who don't want to be held accountable and don't like being called out when they are held accountable by someone other than the head coach, what does that say about you as the head coach, Billy Donovan?
2: Yeah, and, and I think, Tyler, when you look at the whole situation, uh, Donovan, to me, I have given more of a pass to in this whole situation because I, I think when you look overall and you look at the group of players that you have assembled, None of them have won anything ever. Right. DeMar DeRozan has an accomplished career. Right. He he did make playoff runs. He he was on some pretty good teams with Toronto and then with San Antonio as well. But like the core of this team was pieced together with players who have never won. But they were quote all stars or all star caliber players, Fuchs and Sack. Those are the two guys that we're right. talking about, right? And so, like, I think it's a larger conversation where you kind of try and figure out whether or not can losing players learn how to win. Because I, I think also you can point to Donovan and you can say that, you know, you could point to him right. being a bad coach. But I'm not sure if like I feel like if you had better star players at the top. I don't think Donovan's necessarily the issue. I don't think Donovan was necessarily the issue with Oklahoma City. Right? Like we know now that Russell Westbrook is not the answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can't really win with him the style of play that he plays with. Right? So like I understand your point, and the head coach leads it. But I wonder if the other star player – like, what does it say about the team that the two leaders of the team, Pat Beverly, who's just – he just arrived. And I've been told behind the scenes the, the other leader of the team is Alex Caruso. No offense to Caruso. He shouldn't be the leader of a team. Nope. You should have guys who are much better than Alex Caruso talent-wise who are the leaders of teams. Caruso's great. Caruso will give you a game in the playoffs – that Will make the, the allow the team to advance to the next round. He will do all the dirty work plays. He's a guy you need a glue guy for a winning team. They don't have the guys to apply the glue to. You, you see what I'm saying? No, I see so what like, you're saying? Yeah, like I don't know. And I was listening to uh Waddle and Sylvie yesterday, and you guys were discussing uh the stats that Sylvie got from uh, stats and info from ESPN.com. And the idea that Zach Levine is the, quote, losingest player in the league based on record. And, you know, what's interesting to me about that is, like, A, it's something I've been pointing out from the start. Yes, you have. 100%, he doesn't make winning plays when it matters. It's something that I don't think you can look to a box score to figure out. You just have to watch the games and realize that he doesn't impact winning. He impacts a box score. Congratulations mm-hmm. to that. Where does it find the Bulls now? They're 11th in the conference. I'd say this. The other thing to that conversation is when you are in a spot, when you have players who have been assembled and they may not be winning players, Like the, you could throw out there, can you blame losing on one guy? And, and so you could say, is Zach the losingest player in the NBA based on a bad roster around him for many years. Like this team wasn't trying to win. They were trying to do a rebuild. They didn't quite know what they're doing, uh, kind of going through different eras and trying to change things up. I would argue back though. Basketball is the one sport where like one person does impact winning does more than anyone. else. One player does get a team. That's like a bottom feeder into the playoffs, right? That's where we can then quote all time. Greats. Like, You know, any any star from the past that was on a roster where he was the only guy I'm thinking back of like Anthony Davis with the Pelicans or even Luka Doncic with the the Mavs at at certain points or, you know, like, yes, stars need help. But also stars in the NBA impact so much more than any other sport or any other star in another sport impacts the actual outcome of a game. Based on usage rate, so many of these guys, the ball is in their hand every single possession, and they're the one making the decisions that lead to wins and losses. So you're right. Could we look at Donovan, and this is, this is a Billy Donovan problem? I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Uh, that certainly could be the case. But then I would say also look at the group around uh, look at the group that has been assembled here to win, and I, I don't think the group
0: is good enough. I No, I think it, it's twofold. I think you're right there, too. And, and in terms of can losing players become winning players, I think they can. Like, look at what happened with Devin Booker. I think that's a perfect example. Devin Booker and Zach Levine were on the same playing field for the longest time, just on bad situations, bad teams, empty calories, stack guys, right? But then all of a sudden you get Chris Paul in there alongside Devin Booker. And you can get to an NBA Finals with that. And while Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer, first ballot guy, yeah. Devin Booker was the more talented player on those teams. But Chris Paul is probably the more important player on that Suns team that got to the Finals that year. Sure, You also had some outside help as well with the DeAndre Ayton and stuff like that. But I do think that losing players can become winning players. And I think part of it comes down to what coach you bring in there Monty Williams, I think, has shown that he's a pretty damn good coach out there. And I don't know if Billy – like, I have been a big Billy Donovan fan from the time he was at Florida. And I think he's a a good coach. Now, I don't know if he's a good NBA coach, though. That's the thing. It feels like – just some of the things that he does, too, feel collegiate at times. Like, the the trips overseas <laughs> to Europe to go visit with Vooch and Dragic. Yeah, it's, that's that, off-season stuff, though.
2: Does it, it matter? Feels,
0: I'll, I'll give you this. Right?
2: To, to your point, he's not Doc Rivers. Like, Doc Rivers is certainly overmatched yes. as far as smart, um, current age NBA coaches. Yes. Like, in, in the one thing that you can clearly point to with Doc is his inability to ever change his rotations. He still thinks that you start your five starters and you play them until they're tired, mm-hmm. and then you put in five fresh guys. And then you play them until a certain point in the game. And then you put your starters back in. Like he doesn't quite understand that you should be staggering minutes with all of your best players. So you have one of those individuals, Harden and Bede on the court at all times. Like, like it's very old school mindset the way it was back in the day. Right. Um, And like, that's where Doc is not very good is using bench players to mix in. I don't see that same problem with Billy
0: though. No, I don't see like the, the rotational stuff, but letting these leads slip away even last year and the year before that, like this has been a problem. Sure. And, and yes, some of it comes down to the players, right? But when it's repeatedly a problem, when you're letting 20 point leads slip away There needs to be some sort of kick-ass culture in there. Like, Get something under control where these late-game situations don't come slipping through your fingertips anymore. It's something that needs to improve with this team because you're talking about probably tacking on five or six wins to this team if they took care of the games that they really had in hand at one point or another. And that's the difference in your season. And that could be the difference down this stretch run where – Pat Bev may be a guy that does make a big enough impact, and we're lauding it as a signing that they made in the buyout market. Sure, and and Tyler, to your point, end-of-game
2: play calls have lacked this season. I'll I'll put that on Donovan. There have been multiple times where there's a turnover in a spot where a game-winning bucket, a tying shot should have taken place, and there's a turnover, a miscommunication. um, The play doesn't get ran correctly there you know there's something going on and you're right like you can put that stuff on donovan like, it needs to be better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And tonight is uh, it's a big test for the Bulls. They host the Suns tonight at the UC at 7 o'clock. Black and Aki, we're in for Waddle and Sylvie. Uh, we're about uh, 18 minutes away from all calls. Welcome on a Friday night with Black and Abdal. But guess what? We're on early, so we'll take your calls now at 312-332-3776. Black and Aki, in for Waddle and Sylvie.
1: This is Waddle and Sylvie. On ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.
2: Sylvie with Chris Black and Tyler Aki filling in for another 10 minutes and then Black and Abdallah kick off at 6, 6 a right here on ESPN 1000. All calls welcome, Friday night calls. We'll get that started in 10 minutes. T.O. and Elgin, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, T.O.?
3: Hey, Chris. Hey, Tyler. How are you doing?
2: What's up, T.O.? What's going on?
3: Not much. Uh, what I want to say, um, you're talking about the train, missing the train. So, so uh, a few years ago, well, I used to live in the suburbs and uh, uh, Itasca. I decided to go drinking on the city, like in downtown. Okay. And that was like a Sunday. Sure. So I. Rowdy with the, took boys. the like, last train, you know, the midnight train. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I made my stop like three times. So I, I was supposed to get off in Itasca and I got off in Chamber. It was like almost one in the morning. So I had to like then kind of walk in the middle of like nowhere. <laughs> So, I don't know if they remember that. They have it to me. So, wait, you
0: were in Schaumburg. I don't even know. I don't have my bearings out west like that. How, how, what's the Schaumburg to Itasca uh, distance there? It's like three stops after. Three stops? Okay. That is, yeah, on a metro, is, yeah. That's a rough way at the end of the night
2: yeah. after a long day of drinking. I mean, you yeah, were, you just pumped. Yeah, I was like
3: drinking. With oh, I
2: overslept. Yikes. That's brutal. How, how'd you uh, correct this situation?
3: Well, I. I ended up calling my roommate, but he was—he uh, was not answering. So finally, he answered, and he he me like I was walking, and you know, in the suburbs. It's like every park is like um, a street, like straight street. Mm-hmm. In the middle—it was like uh, airport around there, you know. He mm-hmm. catched me there, like late, like maybe twenty minutes later. <laughs> okay. Well, at least at least you had now. You yeah, got home. At least you had now. Yeah. Can I go something to um, Charlie? Yeah. yeah,
2: Charlie calls, yes, of course, <laughs> Charlie. Charlie calls, yes, Charlie, you're there I have there. A
3: question, he's, he's
2: from Oregon,
3: right? Yes You you were up in Portland?
2: Yeah, and you know, Tio, I lived in Itasca before I moved to Portland
3: Wow Oh, really? Oh, yeah So, You know, Chambers is kind of far from there, like a couple of, like, so stops
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like a 15, 20 minute drive, probably, for are taking the highway
3: Yeah so my question uh, to you is, uh, you go in Portland. you ever went to a, a Timbers game?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been to Timbers games before.
3: They're, yeah, uh, I know that you guys are so, so passionate for soccer over there, so I don't know if you ever – I, I heard you from Portland, so I just want to know if you, yeah. you were in.
1: No, Timbers games are awesome. If you're out there,
3: you should try to go to one because they're a lot of fun. They're very intense. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm jealous of Portland Timbers fans. So I just want to ask you that, man. So thanks for, guys, taking my call, and have a nice weekend. No problem, Tio.
2: Thanks for the phone call. Black here on ESPN 1000. We're taking calls for Charlie Bevins. Uh, if you have a question for Charlie, uh, this is your place. 312-332-3776. We'll take your call, and uh, we'll pass it along to Charlie here.
0: I love this strategy. <laughs> we, uh, you, you don't draw this stuff up, but sometimes you get it. And that, yeah. But So, <laughs> kind of to feed off of that, my, my brothers lived in two like MLS hotspots, Atlanta and Seattle. Okay. Those places are insane. And it sounds like it's similar in, in Portland. Now, here, here's my one thing with uh, Major League Soccer. You you can't have
2: unnatural turf to play soccer. Does that bother you?
0: Yeah. I, I have no soccer thoughts. A beautiful, so a beautiful gonna, game requires grass. Requires green
2: grass. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, I've seen the footage of the Atlanta games where they're, like, packing the arena, the, the football stadium. Yeah tons of people are there and it looks festive and fun you gotta get grass come on MLS
0: yeah. it, I, it's a part of the aesthetic my only uh, MLS thought that I have is I loved watching the bubble down in, in Disney <laughs> I was all in for the bubble 8am soccer sign they me up one? Yeah. they had one yeah they had the first bubble of like yeah, the, the American sports leagues I think uh, well I would say this if that's the
2: case then why don't, why don't you want watch the Premier League I mean, Premier League Soccer is on Saturday and Sunday morning. They're too good.
0: They're too good. What do you mean too (laughs) good? They're too good. That's exactly it. Why do you think I like college basketball? They're not good enough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, David Wilmington, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, David? All right, David's gone. gone. He said he wanted to say that there was a restaurant closing, and he was sad about it. (laughs) Uh, Maybe maybe it was another call for Charlie. Maybe it was. (laughs)
0: portland restaurant closing <laughs> hey charlie uh, there's a restaurant that's closing i'm not happy about it i will say i did have a sad i uh one of my favorite restaurants in boston best burger i've ever had okay. was at this place costello's in boston and it was right by my friend's house in boston and he just sent me a picture one day of it it was closing devastation Absolute devastation. Even there. though, even though there's nothing I can do. No, nothing I can do. Like I, I only go out there like once every like three, four years maybe. Nothing you can do. No, there is nothing you and can do. And it was do. the best burger I'd ever had. What, what was, was so great about it? It was just like, it was a burger. It like yeah, it was it was well seasoned. <laughs> the pickles really made it. Oh yeah, fantastic pickle. A great pickle on a burger. Yes. That's the way
2: to go. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely the the way to do it. All right, uh, Chris Bleck and Tyler Aki uh, in for Waddle and Sylvie. The Bleck and Abdallah program, that starts next.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. This is Waddle and Sylvie. This is ESPN Chicago.